I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. No movie really exists until it's been tirelessly shaped through hundreds of hours of meticulous fine-tuning in the edit bit. But filmmakers don't always manage to strike the perfect balance while cutting together the final film sometimes proving unable to kill their darlings, so to speak, and cut scenes, which can often result in an underwhelming and unnecessary opening gambit. I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 movies that should have started five minutes later. Number 10, Scream 3. It is no coincidence that Scream 3, markedly the worst of the series' four films to date, also features the single dud opening of the bunch. The threequel kicks off with a painfully drawn-out and wholly uncinematic opening, where Cotton Weary is taunted over the phone by Ghostface, who is spying on his girlfriend Christine at his home. In a one-two punch of ridiculousness, Cotton speeds through traffic to race to her rescue, while Ghostface toys with Christine by playing a Creed song over Cotton's stereo. Truly villainous behaviour. If you start the movie at the five minute mark instead, we get to skip all of this nonsense and the Scott Stapp needle drop and kick things off with a far more concise contained set piece at the house. Considering that the rest of the sequence is actually moderately suspenseful, culminating in the death of Cotton and Christine, Wes Craven could have got Scream 3 off to a far punchier start without all of that plotting pointless setup. Number 9. Wonder Woman 1984. One of the chief complaints about Wonder Woman 1984, of which there are many, has been its excessive 151 minute runtime, with Patty Jenkins seemingly given carte blanche to make exactly the movie she wanted to after the first film's success. But the danger signs are there from the jump, as the film's agonizingly distended prologue sequence drags on for 11 stamina-sapping minutes. The scene in question features a young Diana taking part in an athletic contest against other older Amazons, in which Diana is attempting to win by taking a shortcut only to be admonished by her aunt for taking the easy way out. The sequence immediately becomes less of a slog though if we ditch the cornball monologue and preambles, opening instead right in the middle of the event with Diana being pursued by other Amazons for reasons unknown. It would make the scene far more mysterious and suspenseful, and ensure that we get to the point long before audiences started feeling fed up. In this case, apparently Warner Brothers initially wanted Jenkins to cut either this scene or the following mall scene entirely, but she refused. Sadly though, this is a rare case where the studio might have actually been right. Number 8. Paranormal Activity. Counter to Wonder Woman 1984, the original Paranormal Activity clocks in at an extremely brisk 86 minutes, but even then, its opening sequence basically just feels like stop-gap filler intended to pad the runtime out to feature length without spending much of its scant $15,000 budget. 
The first five minutes is such a bland whatever introduction to protagonists Katie and Mika, filled with so much generically forgettable couples banter that it might as well not even exist. We don't learn much worthwhile about the couple that couldn't be insinuated from any later scene, so the director could have easily just opened on them setting up the cameras and going to bed for night one, hurling us straight into the action. Number seven, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is yet another painfully bloated superhero film on this list, as it made thoroughly clear from its very first scene, which is a flashback to the very night Peter Parker's parents died, wherein their plane was hijacked and eventually crashed amid the scuffle with the hijackers. The scene is intended to make audiences consider exactly what Peter's parents were up to that put their lives and Peter's in danger. But the sequence is so generically over the top, so lacking in any interesting drama or palpable stakes, that it ends up falling completely flat. It doesn't help, of course, that the parental subplot itself snaking throughout the film is a complete damp squib, leading to the yawn-worthy reveal that Peter's father Richard was in danger after refusing to help Norman Osborn create biological weapons. Originally as well, the film was going to climax with the reveal that Richard was actually still alive, though this scene was thankfully cut. Nevertheless, by skipping the grandiose opening entirely, which to be completely fair is actually 7 minutes long so I'm cheating a little bit here, we open instead on Spider-Man swinging around New York and getting into it with Rhino, which is infinitely more enjoyable. Number 6, Captain Phillips. Paul Greengrass's Captain Phillips is an exquisitely crafted survival thriller, save for its completely unnecessary opening scene, which feels like it belongs in a totally different version of this movie. That's because the very first scene shows Captain Phillips himself preparing to leave his Vermont home with his wife Andrea and having a completely unnatural, expository, heavy conversation with her on the ride to work about the future their son is growing up in. This scene adds practically nothing to the movie, nothing good anyway, beyond hitting viewers over the head with the differing lives of Phillips and his eventual pirate hijacker muse, to whom Greengrass cuts immediately to after this scene. The intro would be much sharper and to the point if it just opened in Somalia, but you have to suspect the studio want to have Tom Hanks in the film's very first scene, so he ended up with this clumsy, heavy-handed, stake-setting nonsense. Number 5, Skyline. Now, there isn't really much that can be done to turn 2010's aggressively alright sci-fi disaster film Skyline into a fine piece of cinema. Though the two sequels are surprisingly decent, but chopping its opening scene sure wouldn't hurt. That's because Skyline commits the age-old cinematic sin of opening in media res, that is, with a scene from later in the story that we'll return to later on, yet without ever actually justifying why. The scene depicts the beginnings of the alien invasion, as Jared and his pregnant wife Elaine are woken up by bright shining lights into their apartment, which begins to hypnotise Jared into a strange trance while his body begins to react physically. We're then flung back 15 hours earlier and the rest of the movie plays out chronologically, but the kicker here is that we return turn to that opening scene barely 10 minutes later, basically confirming how pointless it was to open there at all. Likewise, we don't really get any worthwhile new context for the scene the second time around, beyond Jared being tackled to safety from the lights, and so you can presume that the filmmakers just needed a way to get their movie to a 90 minute runtime. Number 4, Justice League. I know, I know, what really needs to be said about Joss Whedon's version of Justice League that hasn't been already. 
Lopping off its first five minutes would in no way save the film, though hopefully Zack Snyder will take that on board with his upcoming four-hour cut, but it sure would make it less objectionable right out of the gate. Those establishing scenes really get the movie off on the wrong foot, beginning with the horrifyingly not-cinematic phone footage of Superman talking to a child. The decision to front-load this CGI abomination is outright baffling and indicates just how off the whole project was. The following Batman scene with the Parademon is let down by some dodgy CGI, but at least it's a bit more exciting on paper. However, even then, you probably could skip all of this perfunctory nonsense and start the film with the credits montage depicting Superman's absence on Earth. Warner Brothers literally forced Joss Whedon to bring the film in under two hours long, and the length of this opening could have been cut in favour of more original material. Number 3. Halloween 2007 for all of its flaws, of which there are many, Rob Zombie's Halloween remake is at least a singular retelling that doesn't just rehash John Carpenter's 1978 original. Its expanded first act deals extensively with Michael as a child, and while interesting enough, I guess, it is definitely overlong, exemplified by an overdone opening scene where Michael's family argues over breakfast. As much as it sets the vulgar tone for the rest of the movie, the squabbling between Michael's mother and her boyfriend is more annoying than entertaining, and nothing would be lost by skipping straight to the following school scene where Michael is bullied by his fellow students. The rest of Act 1 already does plenty to establish Michael's troubled home life, so this ultimately feels a little bit redundant. Number 2. The Avengers Despite being one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's best films, The Avengers also features one of the most underwhelming openings in the entire franchise. Franchise. The film's 12-minute pre-title sequence involves Loki showing up at S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ to steal the Tesseract, but before Loki arrives, we're made to sit through almost exactly five minutes of exposition about the Tesseract's importance in order to bring the more casual viewer up to speed. But look, audiences aren't idiots, and so there's really little reason for this blandly shot, excessively talky opening to actually exist. Just kick the film off when Loki shows up, and it's immediately much punchier and more exciting. The pre-title scene then would still admittedly feel inferior to the rest of the movie, strangely evoking the vibe of a TV show, but at least it'd feel pacier and less bloated if the early chit-chat was jettisoned. Number 1. Dark City Now this is an interesting example if you ask me, because in the case of the critically underappreciated sci-fi cult classic Dark City, which had the misfortune of releasing the year before The Matrix and being forgotten in its shadow, the director's cut is really the only way to watch the movie. The opening minutes of the theatrical cut are so comparably terrible that they might merit being cut entirely, despite the fact that the only difference is the inclusion of expository voiceover narration from Kiefer Sutherland's Dr. Daniel P. Schrieber. As much as we all love hearing Sutherland's gravelly voice, the opening voiceover strips the film of its mystery and ambiguity by revealing exactly who the strangers are, what their motivations are, and how this character is involved with them, and really, where's the fun in that? It's little surprising to find out that the narration was ultimately mandated by New Line Cinema, who felt that audiences wouldn't understand the film otherwise. The general love for the director's cut, however, clearly confirms otherwise. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.